you're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 100. And today we're bringing you the most popular guests from our first 100 episodes. Who are they? Stay tuned to find out. I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab and I am so excited to bring you today's episode. I had the idea for this episode a few weeks ago and I was thinking, can we pull it together and let me tell you, it's been huge to pull together this episode but I really really wanted to feature our most amazing guests or the most downloaded episodes because this show wouldn't be what it is without the people the amazing inspiring successful entrepreneurs that have come onto the show and shared so much value shared stories shared their successes and what I love about the guests that have come on the show is that all of them have been quite vulnerable and open and happy to share their stories that have made them what they are today, their stories of failure, their stories of challenge. Just, you know, these people have just, every episode I say, is it okay to talk about whatever? And everyone, every single person has said, I'm an open book, ask me whatever you want. And, you know, I have so much gratitude because sitting here behind the microphone and being able to interview these people that inspire me, that I look up to, that I am inspired by is such a blessing and I get to do this every single week and bring you the results. So today I'm bringing you the guests of the top 10 most downloaded episodes. It's like a, a 10 to 1 episode today. And I'm when I had a look at this, what made me super proud is that out of these 10 episodes, three of them are my clients. And I had a real proud mummy moment almost when, uh, when, I, when I saw that. So let's start off with number 10. Now, this episode, I absolutely loved recording. The, this person inspires me so much. When I first spoke to her, uh, she was a fitness coach who was extremely burnt out. She was tired. She was ready to give up. And this person came on and started to work with me. And in this episode, she shared her story of how she almost gave up on her dreams and really regained her love of life again. And this is Rebecca Anderlin. And her story is so inspiring because it inspires every person who gets caught up in their business to actually stop, take a breath and really start to remember or go back to remembering what life should be like as a business owner. We got into business to share our message, 
to make an impact, to inspire and help others, and really to create a life that we love. And sometimes we can get caught and leave what makes us happy behind. So here's a clip from Rebecca who is sharing why you need to look after yourself so that you can look after your business. Well, what's changed for me is when I, when I get into that overly stressed out mode, things that I enjoy doing go out the window. Like I, I stop working out myself because I'm working crazy hours and there's not the emo- emotional mental exertion for me to like make my workouts happen to eat right the way that I, I want to or just feel like I have like space in my brain and in my mind and my heart to, to do things that I, I'm, I feel passionately about outside of work like cooking or um, spending time with my family. So just now I, I've recently started to get back into a routine where I am waking up and working out. I'm meal prepping on the weekend. I'm doing all the things that I'm teaching other people how to do and I'm enjoying it and feeling like, yeah, like there's maybe a new recipe I want to try or I made homemade peanut butter the other day just because I wanted to try it where those are things that when I'm burned out and overwhelmed, I, I, I forget that I even want to do those things. So now yeah. I'm doing all of those things that like, like I plan my own schedule. I, you know, have my chunk of time where I'm seeing people. I have a chunk of time where I'm working at my desk and at home on my computer. And I have a chunk of time that I'm doing what I want to do, working out, hanging out with friends, doing normal stuff on weekends. Now, this next clip comes from episode 37. And I spoke with Jake Ballantyne about making a bigger impact. You know, as entrepreneurs, we do what we do to really make an impact and to create a movement. And in this episode, we talked about how Jake launched his speaking career, how he got his first speaking gigs. But in this particular clip, we were talking or he was talking about the importance of building community. Now, this is something that Jake does really well. So I'd love you to take a listen to Jake Ballantyne. Well, it's, it's really interesting because there is no hack. You know, there, there isn't a hack. And I think I actually had a benefit of one of my benefits was when I started the group, I, I really didn't have any product offerings for these people. Mm-hmm. And so by nature, I wasn't promoting anything. I promote things in it from time to time now, but I had nothing at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my other coaching programs that were all based on my book, Your Number One Goal. And it was more goal success driven that should benefit those people, but I didn't have something specifically for them. And I was just giving, giving, giving. I'll peel back the curtain a little bit further. So I did have the intention of, I wanted to put those people in there and I wanted to be able to answer those questions. At the same time, I had this thought and this idea. I read somewhere in a book, this is actually when I was a musician, it was a book that I read from this guy who had sold a lot of music independently and some of the things that he did. And and he said, one of the ways that he attracted people was by, was by creating something that your people would like that really had nothing to do with you, but it would get you known by them. Mm-hmm. Like creating, you know, I, I don't remember exactly. Uh, he was a piano guy. So he created a, he created like a piano station that was just for a bunch of other, yeah, a bunch of other piano musicians. And then he was on there too. And anyway, so this, this concept that he had of create something else that they would like that they would be attracted to. But I, I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to do this thing kind of on the side give people an opportunity to ask questions, put them in there. But I also thought in the back of my head, this 
wasn't the primary driver, but I thought, you know what, give people what they want and then you're going to get what you want. But mm-hmm. my intention was actually using it to grow just my platform as a success coach, as a general coach, not, not as a specifically for entrepreneurs trying to share their message. It was, okay, well, if I do this, then people will know who I am. More people will know who I am and they'll be interested in going over there. But anyway, that was kind of a long, yeah. long tangent. But what I'm saying is at the beginning, I wasn't in there promoting all the time. I just said, I want people to know me, like me and trust me. And I know that's going to be worth something down in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's all I focused on. I just focused on giving, giving, giving. I commented on every single post people did. I responded to every time somebody said something. And at the beginning, sometimes it felt like I was talking in an empty room. You know, there was no one there. There was no one doing anything. It was months before I started really picking up steam and really making something happen. And, you know, at the beginning, there was times where I'd I'd message my good friends, people who are friends of mine in real life and say, hey, can you do me a favor? And can you comment on this, (laughs) on this post? Just so it can kind of, you know, no one wants to be the first one in the pool, you know, kind of, except for me, I'm always the first one in the pool, but that's, that's a whole different story. But uh, (laughs) that's like, nobody wants to do that. So, okay, hey, can you, can you make a comment here? And I, I would kind of prime the pump there. And little by little, it started growing and I started getting more people in there. And still to this day, you know, I'm, I'm a, like I, I, we talked about before the call, being a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, two Mm -hmm. books, Mm -hmm. two books that come to mind are Thank You Economy Mm -hmm. and Jab, 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 Right Hook. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Thank You Economy, the idea there is just giving and that it will come back to you. And so really there's no hack strategy tactics. It's really just giving way more value than you're asking in return. Now, I found it really, really difficult to choose the clip from this episode because there was so much gold. And this is from episode 28 with Keith Abraham, and he talked about harnessing your passion and achieving your goals. Now, I really love what Keith brings to the table. He's really amazing at helping people to uncover what drives them, their passion. He helps them to set goals. And in this episode, we did talk about how he's personally helped me. But the clip that I've chosen is a small clip where he talks about the day you set your goal, you will be tested. So take a listen to Keith Abraham from episode 28. Yeah. Look, I, I, I just think, you know, if you talk about the universe, here's what I do know, and for everybody listening to this, you have to understand this, is that the day you set the goal, you will be tested. You know, <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> so, you know, you will be tested. I mean, like the, the classic is, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose, I'm going lo- to get healthy. I'm going to lose a bit of weight. I'm going to, what's the same, just get my, get my summer body happening, you know, like, and you sort of go, right, Tomorrow morning, I'm going, to, I'm going to go. That's the morning that it is bucketing down rain. That's the morning that it is just wet. And you go, oh, I won't be able to do it. And so, or, or better still, uh, no, I'm going to eat really healthy. This week I'm going to, well, that's the day that somebody at work brings in cake for mm. Mary's birthday. That's that day. Mm. You know, so as soon as you set a goal, you will be tested. Now, if you, if you know that, you can combat that because if you, if you know that's going to happen, if you know you're going to be tested, then, okay, so w- w- what would be my plan B? You know, I wrote a blog about this. My, my, I caught up with my brother as a bushy and, and, um, and he said, you know, one of his mentors said, you've got to have a plan, in, you know, you've got to have a plan in your right hand, you've got to have a plan in your left hand, and you've got to have a plan in your back pocket. 
Mm. You know, so every one of us needs to have that uh, that alternate plan. So if it is raining, I mean, it look, it's crystal clear blue sky out there at the moment. But if it is raining, what, what would be my plan B? And and it, and if it is somebody's birthday, and or we've got to go out for a client lunch, what what's the what's the strategy? I can't sit there and eat lettuce. I mean, you know, I've, you know, I'm taking out my client, and 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 they want to, you know, go and have a big plate of fish and chips or something like that. Well, that's okay. I'll I'll, I'll work. I'll walk for forty five minutes in the afternoon, or I'll say, well, you know what? I'll just have the fish and salad. I, I won't have. Uh, I won't have it crumbed. I won't have it battered. I won't have the chips. You know, you, you just got to set yourself up in advance so you sort of go okay well what you know what what could happen here you know like i'm going for this sales target so you know what 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 could happen what if we we don't have the supply well once again it it just comes back to samantha you got to control the controllables and there are some things that'll go out of your control and you go okay we'll put a we put a cross through that date and we start again tomorrow now what would your life look like if you had zero limits. That's the conversation that I had with Matt Paddy in episode 78. And I got some great feedback from this episode. I had a lot of people reach out and tell me that they loved the the woo-woo aspect of this. And it really got them thinking in a different way. So in this episode, Matt shared how you can achieve the life that you dream of. And he talked about the strategies that you can use to overcome the obstacles that keep you from fulfilling your full purpose and take the steps towards the life that you are meant to live. Now, one of the questions I get all the time is, but I don't know how to do that. And I'm sure at some stage you've said that to yourself, you've set yourself a goal and you get going or maybe you don't even get going because you just say, I just don't know how. So in this clip from episode 78, Matthew Paddy talks about what happens when you don't know how. So let's just dive right in. So as an example, what I used to do with my signature course business owners was say, okay, here's a really basic structure. This is the length of the course, this is how many people you want, this is the content, this is the price point, and this is all a superstructure detailed in a a dot point sort of Mm -hmm. document. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That then gave the conscious mind satisfaction to say, okay, there's some solidness there, there's some framework. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it really was visualizing my end and that the launch, whatever it was going to be, the start of something, was already completed and I'd moved past that. Once that's set up, it's then listening to that ins- inspirational voice and that intuitive nudge that says, just go to that meeting today or just reach out and touch base with that person. If you take the micro steps, mm-hmm. your macro reality becomes fuller. So the micro steps is trust yourself enough to just make one decision at a time and call that fulfillment in that moment. So I'm mm-hmm. going to reach out and connect with with Samantha, bang, done, on to the next thing. What else do I feel nudged about? So we can start to ask the questions of our deeper selves, which bypasses the conscious mind. So what action today brings me closer to the fulfillment of my point of light or my goal? And you trust that and you take action on that. And and if it's one action a day, that's what it is. If it's three, great. But it's not eight to 25 things on your page and you always start at the middle and all the bottom and never do the top one. Now, back in episode 62, I chatted with Robbie Samuels and we talked about all things relationships, 
building relationships, being in the right networks, being connected with the right people to help the growth of your business. And he dropped a ton of value bombs in this episode on how to increase your network and your support system. But in this clip, he talked about how to choose which conferences you're going to attend. Most of us have got some sort of budget every year to attend a certain number of conferences. And he put a real, a really different spin on exactly how you choose which conferences you're going to attend. So take a listen here to Robbie Samuels from episode 62. Yeah, I think it's about making the most of the opportunity. So I think for one, anytime you leave your house, it's never just for the content because you can get content for the comfort of your home through mm. webinars and podcasts, you know, YouTube, et cetera. So we can't say, oh, we're going to this conference or this meeting because of the content. Now, the content is a, is a draw. It's part of the reason. Absolutely. But the connections are the reason. The connection, the, the who's being convened because of the topic, that is, got, has to be at least equal weight to the content. But most people going in don't actually have as much of a plan around that. And I think, you know, one thing would be to actually think ahead of time about who do you want to meet? What are you hoping to learn? What inspiration are you looking for? And what value can you offer into this space? And that last part will also hopefully get you into a mindset of offering and giving as opposed to I'm in need, I'm in a deficit. Because when we're in a deficit mindset, we tend to think of networking as transaction and we feel pretty icky about it. But when we are thinking about, oh, I have things I can offer this space. Well, now we're about relational connections, relationship building. And so one way to do this is to actually write your follow-up email uh, as a draft before you go to the event. So like sit down and really think about if you met your ideal person, what would you want to tell them about yourself? And just having that that sort of canned response or that draft email as a template, it, it gets you in the right frame of mind. And then if you track the business cards that are higher priority to you from the ones that were just sort of handed to you and those bagels, that often <laughs> happens. Someone just starts handing them out like at a poker game. You're like, oh, thanks. I have six cards now. And then if you also, before you go to the event, the second thing I would do is I would schedule an hour to do the follow-up when you got back within a couple of days. Because I think most people really miss the opportunity to leverage the connections they do make. And maybe they do a LinkedIn thing or maybe they do one email. I mean, that's great because a lot of people don't even do that. But if it's someone that you really want to stay in touch with, like put something in your calendar for two weeks and four weeks from then so that you're reminded and you know, have a little tickler file to reach out to them, to, to look to see what they're up to, to connect with them on social media, to interact and engage, support them. So I just think like the more you understand your purpose, the more value you'll, you'll be able to offer and extract from that space. Now, most of us don't have to fly halfway around the world <laughs> to do that. But I think, you know, whether you're driving, you know, a few hours flying across the country or flying around the world, like these are best practices for really like making the most of those opportunities. And, you know, part of that is your own body language so that you are sort of mindful about, are you welcoming people? Because that's why you're there. You're there to meet people. 
Now, I'm sure that you've heard the experts saying that video is totally where it's at right now in 2019. We all know that video needs to be part of our content marketing strategy, but do you hold yourself back because you don't know what content to create? Or is your content feeling like a waste of time because you're not getting the results you want? Now, it's a minefield out there. It's really hard to know where to begin. But back in episode 58, I talked with Brandon Lucero around the content trend that is the biggest trend for 2019. So let's dive right in with Brandon Lucero. Yeah. So I think the biggest trend right now is that everything there's, there's more and more and more noise. And so it's very easy to get blend or to like be blended in or to like to get skipped over because you are blending in with everyone else out there. And so high contrast with content is really the kind of the way to go. Um, and a perfect example of this is Gary Vaynerchuk, who has a very kind of like polarizing message, but a very clear message. And he plays into a very certain identity and he's very polarizing against the identity he doesn't want. He ties into the entrepreneur. And a lot of the times that's kind of like the beginning entrepreneur. You know, Lewis Howes is another example of someone who has content that actually stands for something. Even James Wedmore, who is a client of ours who have helped with a lot of his scripting and his video content, his whole thing is about his podcast, Mind Your Business, which is a very, could be a polarizing topic because it goes down this like spiritual path and a lot of mindset issues that make people uncomfortable. But I think the biggest trend that we've been seeing and for years I've been teaching you know, find popular topics, find popular keywords, do video SEO, get ranked in YouTube and find these trending topics and create content on that because that's what people are looking for. But the problem with that is that you're not really tapping into what really helps a business grow with content, which is connection. Mm-hmm. And how on earth are you supposed to have a unique, impactful message when you're forced to create content around popular topics. What keywords and popular topics do is they put you on their path of a message. And so right now, when we look at like Lewis Howes and James Wedmore and Gary Vaynerchuk, they are growing really fast. They're really hitting like they're leaders of the space and they don't use a single how-to video or if they do, it's very, very rare. And so the biggest trends right now in content is kind of like standing out because you stand for something, playing on the left or the right side and not playing in the middle. The middle is kind of where you drown out. And so what I tell everyone is there's five levels of market sophistication and explain this in very simple terms is the fourth level. If you're there and you're succeeding, it's because you don't have any competitors. But what happens is when you start getting competitors, you start to blend in, which means you have to elevate yourself to the fifth level, which is where you create your own space. And so when we look at content, we look at it as how do we create our own space? And we look at what we've done with video. I'm not a YouTube expert. I'm not a Facebook video expert. I am the video 4X effect. You know, I am the person who helps you with messaging and content and I have a very unique process that we use and I'm in my own space and yes. no one can compete in that space because I created it unless they mm. just want to copy me and rip me off, but I have no competitors. And yeah. so that's the biggest trend right now with, with content that I'm seeing. At number four, we have Miranda Mitchell. Now, Miranda's a client of mine and she came into the business lab to talk about her journey from being a business owner and 
deciding to close that first business and take a job because she thought that was the easy way out. She thought that that would be easier on her family life. She talked about the effect of having that job and what it had on her family and the process that Miranda went through before she opened her second business. Now, in this clip, uh, Miranda talks about the actions that she noticed that were leading her to the business that she opened. Uh, She talks about how to let your business find you. So let's welcome Miranda Mitchell back into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. So he, I think at that time, was working in a four-on-one job. So he has four weeks away and then one week at home. Zoe is six and is at school. So in terms of the daily juggling, I would drop Zoe at school and rush to get to the bank. And I could never be one of the first ones there because I had to drop Zoe at school. So it was always this rush, rush, rush and being stressed. And then I'd finish a little bit early because after school care only went till five. So I had to finish at like quarter two, 10 to five so I could rush out to go and pick her up. And yeah, was often quite stressed and exhausted by the end of the day. And then Pete, only home one week out of five, I'd kind of get two days with him and a couple of nights when I'm tired out of that five week block. So quality family time was pretty much non-existent. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it was like at that time. So you were at the bank. Family life was pretty tough. It sounds like you were pretty much exhausted. Why did you stop working at the bank? So I think that stuff had been building up for a while, but the big trigger was we had some management people that sort of started putting the pressure on big time overnight and ended up getting me quite upset. And I'd sort of gone home, spoken to Pete that night, and, you know, I was in tears and he's like well what are you doing it for you know (laughs) you don't need to just quit so I did and it was the first time ever that I had not had a job not had a business like for even a day since I was 16. Wow. It was a big thing to do but I knew it was the right decision and yeah it was it was a bit scary because I didn't have that plan but yeah I'm glad glad I took that step. Yeah, totally. So you were in a position where you didn't have a job and you didn't have a business. What was that like? You know, that thought process of what is it that I'm going to do? Uh, I was just literally thinking of anything and everything. So I was looking at Seek, but I was looking at everything like I didn't filter it by anything at all the hours was an important thing but Mm -hmm. I had got jobs in the past applying for full-time and had managed to work it out to be more family friendly so I was just looking at everything I was looking at businesses for sale I was thinking about businesses I could start you know just absolutely everything I considered buying a restaurant at one stage like had no clue (laughs) Um, we had a holiday booked we were going to New York I think three or four weeks after I finished up Uh and kind of decided okay we won't make any concrete decisions until we do that and get back and I I lined up a little part-time one day a week thing in the meantime just to ease my going I have to have something and while we were in New York I went fabric shopping and they have the most amazing life restores over there and we had to buy two new suitcases to bring fabric back home and once we got back I sort of sat down and had a think about it and I'm like well I've got all this fabric, you know, it's a lot just for my daughter. Why don't I do something that I know I'm really good at, I really enjoy, that I can fit around family life and just see how it goes. I can always get another job, but why not try this? 
We're getting down to the pointy end now. At number three, we have Maureen Pound from episode 48, Be Brave, Make Money. Now, money's a topic that many people don't like talking about. And we opened up the conversation and and it was a great discussion on how you can earn more and have more freedom and really achieve the lifestyle that that you aspire to living. Uh, We talked about, you know, stop refusing to talk about money and start talking about it. And in this clip, Maureen gives her unique perspective when people say money isn't important. So here's Maureen Pound from episode 48. Yeah, and it, but it doesn't have to be, it's, I'm really known for being brave, but brave, bravery is different for different people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had two anonymous donor, sperm donor children on my own, which people would say was brave, but I don't think that's, you know, everyone's cup of tea, <laughs> um, <laughs> nor should it be. Yeah. Um, you know, I've done that highest bungee in the world or, you know, I've called up a journalist cold or whatever it is. But it could be just the smallest thing. Like for one of my clients, she really wants to get herself out there, but she finds it really difficult. And the brave thing was to record a couple of videos for LinkedIn. And then she said to Carmen and I, oh, well, that's, you know, you wouldn't be impressed by that. And we're like, of course we're impressed because that's, as you know, it's a stepping stone to happiness here. You yeah. know, we don't get greatness by one on one single action, but we can really pat ourselves on the back for that really brave action because once you take that, then your bravery circle uh, expands and then you're more likely to do something else. At number two, we have Mallory Tadimi from back in episode 15, Create a Seven-Figure Strategy. And in this episode, Mallory and I talked about the strategies and systems that you need to begin to implement to take your business to seven figures. She dropped a ton of value. She shared so much in this episode. But in this clip, she's going to talk about the one thing that you can add to your business to scale to seven figures right now. So here's Mallory Tadimi from back in episode 15. So you can take those done with you type programs or your signature coaching program. So what typically happens, especially in the coaching or consulting space is it gets really easy to scale with coaching. So if you're doing consulting, like how I started, it's an easy switch to go to coaching because at that point, you're not necessarily responsible for all the implementation and showing up to all the meetings and almost being kind of like a team member or a staff member when you're consulting. It's a different relationship when you're coaching. So it's easier to scale with coaching. So mm-hmm. if you kind of do consulting and you're interested in coaching or you're doing both, go over to the coaching side and scale with coaching. So what you can do is you can create a signature program and your signature program starts at a couple thousand dollars. Um, Of course, everybody's price is different, very, they're different, right? But just as an example, you can start a signature program at maybe like $2,000 and that might go all the way up to $6,000 or $10,000 per person in the program, right? And it might be an eight-week program, it might be a six-month program, it might be a 12-month program. That's up to you. It's also up to how long it takes your clients to actually get the result. Because if your clients get the result that they were looking for from you in three months, 
you're going to find it to be torture if you're dragging them through a 12-month program. They're mm-hmm. going to become extremely disengaged. Yes. And this is something that I don't talk about often publicly, but it's something I talk about with my students. If you have a 12-month program, but they already got the results after month three, you're going to get people that want to drop from the program. They're going to want some kind of refund or they're going to ask to break the contract. This happens to my clients all the time. I get a lot of clients that come to me that have longer programs set up and we look at why they're losing students. And the real answer is they did their job. The students actually got their results, right? So you have to be careful about how you structure your group program. Really look at the results you want to give them and then make your program that time frame. Don't try to drag it out. Well, here we are. We've made it to number one, the top most downloaded episode on the Thought Leaders Business Lab thus far. Now, this episode is it was pretty cool that it's made it here for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the most recent episode in the top 10. So it's got the most downloads in the shortest amount of time. And second, it's super cool because this is one of my clients, Ricky Zollinger. Now, Ricky has got a personality that's larger than life. In this episode, he shared a ton of value, a lot of learnings, was very raw and vulnerable, as well as being a lot of fun talking about his journey and the success in the journey or the success being in the journey and not the destination. So in this clip, Ricky shares how to uncover your zone of genius and how he used it to build a business that people will happily pay for. So here's Ricky Zollinger from episode 85 on the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Yeah, okay, perfect. All right, so in that depressed state, back when I was in Food Beast at the end, I was very depressed. I reached back out to you, you remember? It was very, it's kind of recent actually, now that we think about it, but I was like, it was like beginning of the year, but I was like, Sam, will you teach me again? Like, because the first time you were teaching me, like we said, I wasn't a doer, I wasn't an action taker, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I had no, (laughs) and and I think you were doing your best to shape me but I was just a kid that was lost. Anyway. Which is funny because I thought you were, I thought you were doing so well anyway. I'll just say that. <laughs> I may have, I mean, operating at that level I was, I was probably doing okay. Yeah. But I came back to you. I was like, Sam, I think I have these skills in these three areas-ish. Can you help me work through what you think it is I should do? So I got up back. We got back into our, our weekly calls and we started working through it. And it was like, all right. I, was, I remember there was a Starbucks next to Food Beast on the block. So I was working till about seven. We had a meeting. I went over to Starbucks. We talked about it. I was like, all right, here's what I'm good at. Let's start working at it. So we like look at it. And I was like, I'm like, I know the restaurant industry. I know the pain points of a restaurant owner. I was a bartender. I know how to make content, really good content. And where we got clear is that we were like, well, there's a need. Well, I knew there was a need because I can see all of the social medias in Fullerton, my hometown, born right there. I could see it all. <laughs> I can see it all really bad, just real bad. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this isn't good. Like no one's doing good. Cause and I know this because I'm seeing other cities, specifically New York, LA, Seattle, Seattle has a crazy food scene, but I'm seeing all of these Instagram profiles just pop up and I'm like, they're amazing. And we're not doing any of that. And I was yeah. like, I can bring this to you and we, and I can bring this to Fullerton and I can really be a hit. Like I'm, I'm really certain of it. So we look at it. I'm like, okay, Sam, here's what I can do. I'm like, here's what I can do for a restaurant. Here's where a restaurant needs to go. And here's my skill set. Can you bridge the gap for me? So you're like, well, I can help you. Let's do it. So we literally just write out everything I'm going to do. 
we went through the services, we went through all the pain points, we went through everything that I would offer versus what I know they need. And we just built this model, but we built this sales model that I could just, I remember you saying, well, it's visual. We can write it out. We could write it out, like everything they need. So we wrote it out. We wrote it out. There was like three different models too. Cause there was the first one we started with. Uh-huh, that we uh-huh. together. There was the revised one that I worked on. And then there was the one that we like finalized together. And I was like, okay, I got it. But all like, it all kind of works into one thing. And that's, you know, if we, if we can get people in the chairs and you know, we can get money flowing in and we can keep them relevant in media, they're going to be happy. And those were the three things. Those are the things that all restaurants want. They want to be relevant. They want to be known in their niche. They want to have customers in the seat because that means money's coming in and they want to have money in the bank because that means they're secure. Yeah. And isn't that what we all want in like life in general? Money in the bank and money totally. coming in. Those are two of the three things we, that they needed. So I was like, all right, I can do this. So we worked out the plan. I went in to my, a couple more meetings because I was telling you that I was talking to everyone about what uh-huh, I did. Uh-huh. And we kind of perfected it. And I was like, all right, I got this. So I got the meetings with my friends, which helpful friends at the plate at the two restaurants that I manage now. I explained it out for them. I was like, here's what I can do. Here's where you guys are at. Probably doing okay. Could be better. Probably doing okay. Could be better. I was like, I'm going to take you from here to here. Now check this out. Everyone's talking about you. You got influencers coming in to talk about your food and this. And they were like, oh, wow. And then I like explained the back end to them. I'm like, this is how analytics work. Like, look at how many uh, views your, your profile had this week. I can take this from here to here. I know I can because look at mine, X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, wow. So just explaining it to them in a way that they can understand and showing them where I could take them, kind of selling the dream. And they're like, all right, let's do it. So I sold them that. I've been executing on it. And they haven't been happier. I'm happier. And there we are. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab Special 100 Episode Edition. It's been fantastic to go back and listen to some of these episodes and take a walk down memory lane of some of the amazing conversations that I've had with the most inspiring people. Most of all, I want to thank you for joining me because without you listening into this show, the show wouldn't exist. So I am so very grateful for you and that I get to do something that I love and bring this show out three times a week across 33 countries. We have people downloading this episode every single week in 33 countries across the world, which is super, super cool. I'd also like to thank my normal Wednesday co-host, Tim Hyde, uh, for joining me for the Ask Sam and Tim edition every single week. If you've enjoyed today's episode, I'd love you to share it. I would also, more than anything, love you to jump over into iTunes and give the show a rating and a written review because it's those ratings and reviews that help iTunes promote our podcast to more listeners. I would love nothing more than today having this special 100 episode edition, get 100 ratings and reviews. There's so much work that goes in behind the scenes and I absolutely love it. I love every second that I get to spend interviewing inspiring entrepreneurs and bringing them to your earbuds every single week. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode and I'll see you on Friday for episode 101. Ciao for now. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, 
and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode, and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.